0: Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network.
1: And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football all year round. We got a big show for you today, something we've been promising. You know, we like to... Overpromise and under deliver, but this is one of those cases where we promise we're gonna make picks of every game. We're gonna do it today. We got some questions to get to. So if you have questions for us, keep sending those emails. The offseason topics are great. Pac12 podcast at gmail.com. Or you could call or text us at 424-532-0678. Put that in your phone. Send us a text. You got bored, you want to talk some Pac-12 football? Send us a text. We'll likely talk about whatever you had to say in the next episode. If you want to tweet at us. At pac 12 Podcast and of course our website, pac 12 where you can find all of our old episodes. David, I'm really excited for this one. We we did a little prep and we're gonna do our picks.
0: And again, a big shocker here, but I did more prep than you did.
1: You did. Like well,
0: I, I threw everything into a grid. I have some records. I am I am raring to go.
1: You're ready. Um I'm ready. You're ready. I mean, I don't know. I just I, I took about 20 minutes to pick all the games before we did the show, so that's a little bit
0: of prep. But I never. I got up at 5 a.m. and I'm, <laughs> this isn't even a joke. I got up <laughs> at 5 a.m. and started like messing around with the pr- spreadsheet. I spent probably a good 45 minutes on this this morning. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. So if there are any errors, it'll be really sad.
1: Yeah. Well, at 5 a.m. It's tough. Uh, yeah. I went to the gym at like 5 something a.m. But I didn't. Uh, I didn't do this. But. Typically I just kind of wing it and I do better than you. So, we'll see now if I do wow. prep, maybe you'll beat me if we're both prepared.
0: Wow. That was kind of a <laughs> that was kind of a harsh burn. Hey, you know what? We've got some new uh we've got some new ratings and reviews before we get into major subject matter. We
1: do. And we love it. So, I well, it's not iTunes anymore. It's uh, Apple Podcasts, but yeah, leave, leave us uh, a five-star rating. It's always awesome. We want to keep that five-star thing up, but Some funny uh, reviews are also great. And we've had some really funny ones lately.
0: Yeah. And this, so this week we have some, some funny ones and some sincere ones. So, um, first we have Razk Sig, R A Z K S -S I G, subject matter, uh, subject line, two hours of podcast. Roughly 12 minutes of that two hours is devoted to covering Pac 12 football. The podcast of record for budding serial killers. Seriously, these guys are fun to listen to even when they're talking about which Disney princess exemplifies your Pac-12 football program. They have good chemistry and are moderately well-informed about the L.A. football programs and very in the know about Sean Miller's misdeeds at the soon-to-be-death-penalty U of A (laughs) hoops program. So this This is an an Arizona State fan. Yeah, obviously. Uh, (laughs) This is from David's Wood. Uh, (laughs) Subject line, your 12 listeners love you. Uh, If I wanted to hear two people continuously disappoint me, I'd have dinner with my parents. It reminds me of a uh, a Nietzsche quote. There are no beautiful surfaces without a terrible depth. This is the terrible depth. Regardless, (laughs) five stars. Cheers. Go Bruins. (laughs) And then we got one more, but I got to scroll down for it because the way, quote unquote, Apple Podcasts puts in reviews is just terrible. But this is actually a sincere and nice one from our man, Andrew. Uh, Phenomenal podcast. I am going to deviate from their increasingly nauseating, self-deprecating shtick here. I take Pac-12 football very seriously, and this is hands down the best podcast focusing on the conference as a whole. It is true that they don't take themselves too seriously, which makes it a fun listen, but they also have knowledge and, more importantly, very good general instincts on the conference. They are part cynical, emotional fan. That's got to be you, right? That must be me. Yeah, and part informed <laughs> insider, which sounds like me. Yeah. Uh, which, when combined with their personalities, <laughs> makes this a wonderful listen that I look forward to every week. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you all. Yeah, I love the reviews.
1: It's amazing we're getting a but like in June, like you're getting like reviews on your Pactful podcast. That's great. We we love those. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we did our show Wednesday, so we don't have a ton of questions. But the meat of the show is going to be our picks. Um, picking every game. So we keep track. We've done the last three years keeping track of picking against the spread uh, each week. But usually David starts the season by he does a he'll do a spreadsheet. He'll pick every game in the conference. And then I'll just kind of like pick who I think is going to finish for a second or third without really putting a whole lot of thought into it. Um, so I think David challenged me that we should both do this. So we both did our picks. Uh, I've never done this before, so this is—I I don't know, man. I got some weird stuff in there, or maybe not weird enough. I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for this, Dave. So we'll go—we're going to go through each—we'll go one at a time, each program, right, and pick their games?
0: That's the plan.
1: Okay. Um, so I guess—I guess we'll just start—we'll start at the top. This is alphabetical order, all right? So we're going to start with Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> And we'll go through uh, our picks one by one, week by week, I guess. All righty. Do you want me to say? Do you want to say? How do you want to do this?
0: Um, All right. We can start with um, Arizona taking on Hawaii in week one. Actually, this is like week zero, week negative one. It's like August 24th. Um, So going at Hawaii, um, Hawaii was a little bit of a surprise last year. You know, they were a little friskier than was expected, especially given some injuries and some transfers they had to experience. But we both have them winning. Yeah. We both have Arizona taking down uh, the Rainbow Warriors, or maybe they're just the Warriors now. It's hard to hard to keep that in mind, you know?
1: I know what you're saying. But, yeah, I, just, I feel like this will be like a Khalil Tate coming out party and just go bonkers. It's a little vacation. Khalil Tate goes to the islands, and uh, Arizona comes back with a win.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then they get a bye right after that because you know they got to come back from Hawaii. That's a tough trip, you know. You're you're on vacation, and then you got to come back and play, you know, some garbage FCS opponent at home. You know, that's tough to deal with, right? <laughs> uh, but then in week two, they take on the Northern Arizona uh, Lumberjacks. Sure, what are we going to say?
1: Yeah, let's go with Lumberjacks.
0: I think they are the Lumberjacks. I don't think I'm wrong there. Oh yeah, I'm right. No, I'm a hundred percent right. Nice. Um. All right. Uh. Big upset here, Ryan? What do you think?
1: No, both wins. We're both picking wins here.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, so 2-0, and 2-0. Uh, but then um, a real opponent, a real Power 5 opponent, Texas Tech, now under Matt Wells, the former Utah State head coach. Um, sometimes new coaches can immediately take the reins and you know turn things around. Sometimes they can't. Um, this one should be a challenging game at home. Um, I picked a win, Ryan Talk about your pick.
1: I uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Texas Tech is going to come in there and get a win. I do like Matt Wells uh, as a coach, and it's just kind of a weird early part of the schedule for uh, Arizona. I just feel like this is going to be a trip up game uh, for the Wildcats. I you know I'm I'm kind of a little bit bullish on some of the things they can do this year, but I think Texas Tech comes in under Matt Wells and uh, they get a win.
0: All righty, all right. Then they get another bye week, so. Three games, two breaks, um, and then they host UCLA to open up conference play. This will be a UCLA team. Um, I'm just going to drop some knowledge because I know UCLA's schedule and no one else's. Um, they will be coming off a road game against Washington State, and just before that, a home contest against Oklahoma, which will again be a top five team this year. So This might be a little bit of a you know a salty UCLA team. Uh, nonetheless, I have UCLA winning this one. Um, I think, you know, they're going to be riding, I'm going to be, I, I think they'll be sitting at a one and three record. And if they don't win this one, it's going to probably snowball here pretty quickly. So I think they'll be especially motivated and, uh, win a close one in Tucson. Um, I, and Arizona will will lose to UCLA, but Ryan, you have them. You have them winning.
1: I do. We have another one different. I have them winning this precisely because of the 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 schedule coming into this game for UCLA. I thought this would be, I don't know about a trap game, but just be you know you kind of a beat up squad, and maybe UCLA is the more talented team, but Arizona gets the wins. I'm, I I think Arizona wins this one.
0: All right, I'll I'll take it. Um, all right, then after that, uh, quickly followed by a road game at Colorado. Um, this one, I have uh, Arizona losing, um, and this is one of those situations where I mostly have Arizona losing because I couldn't find too many wins for Colorado on the schedule, but I didn't like the idea of them being like 2-10 and 10 and 0-9 and in conference, so I'm like, what games could they win? Yeah. And so I ended up with Arizona being one that they could win. I would classify this as like a 50-50 in my mind, but um, on the road, I'll, I'll say Arizona a little bit disappointed being dropped to 3-1, and one, now drops to 3-2. and two.
1: See, I got them at four and one at this point with a win at Colorado. I did the same sort of thing looking back. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, give anything away, but I look. There's a couple teams I had really not winning any of the conference games, and I but I went back and I just couldn't picture it. You know, with the new coaching staff and everything at Colorado, I just think it's going to be a little slow. I think you'll see a team that looks pretty good at times, but I, I don't think they're going to be stopping Khalil Tate. So I feel like this is a win for Arizona.
0: Absolutely. All right. Then after that, it's a three game slate. Washington at home at USC at Stanford, back to back to back. Um, I've got them losing three straight. Ryan has them losing three straight. Yeah, this is the this is not maybe the cream of the conference, but it's three opponents. And, you know, if you get USC or Stanford at home, we might think about it a little bit differently. But back-to-back road games um, with Washington sandwiched in the and right between the at Colorado and then these two more home road games, yeah, I've got them losing five straight there in that stretch yeah. from UCLA through Stanford.
1: Yeah, that just seems a little. That's, it seems a little tough when you look at overall. But same thing, like I, it's hard to get a win now. Maybe you get a, a USC team that's reeling, and and at this point they could have changed their coach. I mean, who knows? So you could get maybe some kind of win there, but. I'm kind of bullish what I what I all said and done. I'm pretty bullish on Stanford. You'll see when we do our picks for Stanford. Uh, so I don't I don't have Arizona getting a win on, on the road there. So it's, that's a rough stretch. Um, yeah, you can go one and two. That's pretty good. I mean, you can go two and one. I mean, uh, Kevin Sullivan's coach of the year. But that's a, that's a really rough stretch for uh, Arizona.
0: And then um, we have him beating up on Oregon State at yeah. home. I mean, it's just the simple reality. And then yet another bye week for Arizona here. Um, so they've got three buys if you count the week after Hawaii, uh, and then they have to go at Oregon. Um, we're we're both predicting a loss there. Yeah. Um, even though Arizona and Oregon have had a little bit of a a, a rivalry of sorts yeah. in recent years, Arizona's been able to knock them off when they're good. Um, so I wouldn't you know completely discount their chance there. But if we're playing the odds, we'll take take Oregon there. Uh, Utah at home again. Arizona's had a little bit of a frisky rivalry with Utah, um, but. I think we both think Utah's going to be very good this year. Yes. Um so we both have Arizona losing that one. And then in the big one, this is uh the Civil War, right? This This
1: is the uh, no, it's not the Apple
0: Cup. Apple Cup. This is the Apple Cup, yes. Right, right, right. Territorial um,
1: destruction.
0: Yes, the territorial destruction <laughs> at ASU this year. Um, I'm gonna have Arizona winning because I didn't like the idea of them going four and eight <laughs> basically, and I think this one might be more or less a toss up. Um, so I have Arizona winning this to finish off the season five and seven and two and seven in conference. So not necessarily a great uh, record there. In fact, a, a very bad one. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's again, it's a, it's a conference where uh, things are distressingly even between a lot of teams in the South. So it wouldn't take a whole lot for them to finish 8-4, and I don't think. Like, there's a lot of seemingly parity in this league, and I actually am less – I'm very bearish on Stanford this year, um, and I do think they will drop back quite a bit. Um, So if that game was at home, I would probably be taking Arizona. Um, But I think there's a lot of games that are not quite 50-50s, but pretty close to that, that, you know, one thing goes the right way. Arizona could be doing well. Khalil Tate is Khalil Tate of two years ago. Um, I mean, they could go nine and three with this schedule, yeah. They're not going to lose five in a row. Uh,
1: um, I had them uh losing to Arizona State, really for me, like just like you coin flip, but this one's on the road. Um, and I just uh, I think Arizona State by the end of the year might be pretty good. We'll see, yeah. So, all right, so that so what do I we both have them five and seven? Is that right?
0: Yeah, we have them five and seven. You have them three and six in conference, I have them two and seven in conference.
1: Interesting, all right, so not not great i guess we didn't neither of us feel like arizona state Arizona's is going to be great so they're probably going to be a lot better than what we think okay um so next up we have arizona state sun devils
0: <laughs> all right so arizona state um you know somebody brought this up on twitter and i think it's worth noting we talked a little bit about arizona state's non-conference history compared to arizona's and claimed arizona state's was better and that is generally true but not Not this year. This year, Um, they're
1: terrible, yes.
0: Yeah, Arizona State leads off with Kent State and Sac State, both of which are games where if it's close, that's a disaster. Um, Arizona State should knock the crap out of both of these teams. We both have them winning each game, but that's week one and week two. So not really – I mean, those are tune-ups, I guess. They're you know live scrimmages, that sort of deal. Um, So that's great. But, um, yeah, I don't think these will be much of a test.
1: Right. Um, But, you know, to be fair – at Michigan State in week three, that's a real game. Um,
0: that's a real game that we both have them losing.
1: We do have both have them losing. And uh, yeah, I think it was an Arizona fan that was tweeting us about the schedules and stuff. But when, when you were looking at it, it was more about the future schedules and what what we've seen Arizona State do. And there's a ton of great home and homes coming up for the Sun Devils. So I think they've gone out there and tried to do it. This year, yeah, it's not it's a down year. And you I, I think the... The schedule rankers, they don't give a lot of credit to Michigan State. But you're going on the road to a you know a power and the, to the Big Ten. That's a that's a you know, that's a real game. That's not like a fake game or anything.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um all right. Then um immediately after that they start conference play with Colorado at home. Uh we both have them winning this one. This is another one where, you know, if Colorado's and this can always happen again with a new coach, um, if they're a little bit better than expected, it's it, it quickly moves into toss up territory, but I think he has got the upper hand here. Yeah, um, I
1: just, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I just think because just with the new, you know, with Mel Tucker and stuff coming in, it's just going to take a little while, especially by week four. You know, maybe Colorado's a lot better than I think they're going to be later in the season, but I think it's going to be tougher uh, early on.
0: Well, and the more I've read about Tucker and his history when he doesn't, uh, Bill Connolly brought up this point, but when he doesn't have a talent advantage First, we don't have a whole lot of data, but um his his DC record in uh in the NFL wasn't great and most of those fans don't like him. Um so I'm really interested to see because Colorado not only doesn't have a talent advantage, they have a talent disadvantage. I mean, there's not even talent parity with the rest of the league. Like they have to they have to out-coach, they have to out-scheme, they have to do all those things and I'm I'm really interested to see that. And that's why, you know, last year we were advocating, you know, taking a look outside the box um, for this hire. Um, And, you know, they didn't opt for that. And I think Mel Tecker obviously has the credentials, but um, it'll be really interesting to see if they're able to make real strides in year one or if this is going to be a a rebuild that has to rebuild through, you know, major talent acquisition.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, Week five on the road at Cal, we both have uh, ASU losing there. What are your overall thoughts on Cal? I mean... Could be just great defense, shoddy offense again, or what? What do you think is going to happen there?
0: Yeah, I, I think the offense could be better, depending on uh, Devon Modster's eligibility at quarterback. Um, and I don't think we, I don't think we even know that yet. Maybe um, I, I do not. Yeah, but I think if they can get the quarterback situation figured out a little bit, okay. So it looks like, well, no, this is old. He might be eligible. Hard to know. Um, but, uh, if, if they can figure out the quarterback position, um, you know, just don't have a guy back there who's like turning it over on every single down like they did last year, uh, that'll help obviously. And I think if they can do that, the offense should be just significantly better just through that simple virtue of not turning it over so much. Um, and you know, I don't think that's a a too huge a thing to ask. Like if you saw some of the turnovers that Brandon McIlwain and company were making last year, um, just simply competent play there um could take this from a whatever it was the 118th ranked offense last year to I don't know comfortably 80th and if the defense doesn't drop off a ton yeah I mean you could be cooking with something there I, I we'll get to them in a second I've got a mostly the same as last year from a record perspective but I think there's you know there's there's something to work with there for sure
1: yeah all right uh, what's next
0: then we got a bye week uh, yes. for ASU. Um, so that is their first buy. Um, then they get Washington state at home. Uh, this is one where we differ. Um, I have, you know, Washington state being pretty good. Um, but I do think they'll get tripped up a couple of times. Just, I I don't know if, if, um, whoever ends up winning their quarterback job is going to have quite the same magic as Minshew last year. Um, but I do think Leach has it rolling. So it's a tough one. Um, but I don't, this is, again, another thing where if we were just doing aggregate records, I wouldn't have to worry about which games ASU actually wins. Yeah. Um, but since we're doing it week by week, um, I'm going to have ASU winning this one because uh, I think it is a winnable game.
1: Yeah, I, this is weird. I, I have you. I have ASU in a five-game losing streak. This is like game two of it, um, which I didn't really think I would going into this. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of feeling that Washington State's still going to be – not like 11 win good, but pretty good. Um, they'll probably get beat badly by Washington again, but I think they're going to win some of these games where you're like kind of coin flippy, but they're just going to come out and score more points and win. So I I, I think they win this one.
0: All righty. And then after that, um, they get at Utah, which we've talked about Utah already, um, and we'll talk about them quite a bit more. We both think they're going to be very good. Um, on the road, um, new quarterback situation, just yeah. having a hard time. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be a tough game for them. So I've got Utah winning. And then it's – and you also do. I do um, as well, yes. And then at UCLA, following that, um, back-to-back road games, main reason here um, where I think they'll have some issues. Um, UCLA might hit a, 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 a hot spot in the middle of their schedule where they start gaining a little bit of momentum. Um, and this could be, you know, the second game of that, I think, after, uh, or no, the third game of that after Oregon State. Um, so I've got UCLA winning this one, and you do as well.
1: For sure. Uh, I just, yeah, this is a tough stretch for me. Uh, maybe, you know, following Washington State and at Utah, I just feel like they're going to go on the road. And UCLA, I think they're just going to play a little bit better. I don't have them with a great record this year, but I think they're going to get a win uh, in this one.
0: Yep. All right, and then after that, they get another bye week, um, and then they get USC at home. So under the same kind of guise as the Washington State game and the Colorado game, um, I have ASU winning this one. It's at home. I don't. I, I think USC is going to be better this year, but I don't. I, you you got to that Clay Helton stink is going to be on them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like that goes away just because you hire a new offensive coordinator. Um, and by this point in the season, maybe a few things have gone wrong. Maybe he's taking control of the offense in some way. Maybe he's been fired. I don't know. There could be a lot of different things going on with USC at this point. But in any case, I have ASU winning.
1: Yeah, I have uh, ASU losing this one. I I don't have a lot of wins on my board for USC in the early part of the schedule, but I feel like they're going to win more in the later part. So uh, I got got USC with the win in this one.
0: All righty. And then following that, they have uh, they go on the road to Oregon State. Um, I think this is one of the few winnable games for Oregon State this year. However, I am picking Arizona State, but I wouldn't be surprised if this one's close. And this is one that I definitely reserve the right to change as we get closer to that game. Yeah. Um, if Oregon State's shown any signs of life.
1: Right. It's just hard. It's 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 a lot easier to say Oregon State's going to lose because most of the time you're going to be right. But they're... I don't think they're going to lose a ball, but it's hard for me to pick one where they they would. But this is one that could, you know, is Arizona State kind of struggling at this point? Is Oregon State maybe losing games but looking better? Then you know, I think going into that one, then I would pick Oregon State easy. But preseason, I, I'm going to have to. It's it's just really tough to pick them to win a game right now.
0: Absolutely. All right, and then after that, uh, Arizona State plays Oregon at home. Um, I've got them losing this one. Um, most Again, it was kind of the aggregate factor. I think Oregon is going to be pretty good this year. Um, and I think, you know, I, I can't have ASU beating all of Oregon, USC, Washington State at home. Um, so this is one to lose. Um, I think Oregon's potentially a tough matchup for them. Um, but I, I just... It, I have a hard time picking them winning three straight at any point in the schedule. So yeah, I'll go with, uh, go with Oregon to win this one.
1: Yeah. Same with me. Uh, just, I, I think Oregon's not going to be, I think they're going to be better. I think they're, they're a lot more talented. I don't think they're, they get over the hump against Washington this year, but, uh, I feel like they're still going to be a team that beats, they're going to win most of their games on the PAC 12 schedule. And this would be one of them.
0: All right. So finally, uh, Territorial Cup again. I have Arizona winning. You have uh, ASU winning. Yeah, because we already
1: uh, talked about that one. Okay. So that's. So, uh,
0: yeah. So, your um, overall, you have them at five and seven, and it looks like three and six in conference. So, more or less matching Arizona, but the tiebreaker in your mind will go to Arizona State. Right. Because they won the Territorial Cup. And then I have them uh, at 6-6 six and six and 4-5 um, and five in conference. Okay. So I have them comfortably in the middle of the pack in the South. You have them last. Or you have them second to last right now.
1: Second to last. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we'll see uh, how that turns out. Two, five, and seven predictions so far for me. That's not maybe not great. Uh, but I feel like in the South, there's just a lot of mediocre teams, and it's kind of hard to distinguish. But, you know, the, the good news is either anyway, you just do a little better than what people think. And you can go from, you know, you could be an eight and four team easy, you know, and finish exactly. second. Arizona State did it last year. They finished second in the, in the South. OK, next up we have
0: California Golden Bears. <laughs> OK, so we, we both did something pretty funny here. Um, and I feel like this only ever happens with Cal um but the first 11 weeks of the season we have them going win loss win loss win loss win loss win loss. so that's actually the first 12 weeks of the season so they alternate weeks win loss win loss win loss win loss um so no streaks for cal um so uh leading off week one uc davis um they shouldn't have any trouble there if they do that's not great but we have them both winning yes um then it's at Washington, so that, That's
1: a sucky second game of the season for you. That's you know? not
0: fun. That's not fun. If you're going to get that second game conference game, you really want it to be against somebody weaker. Yeah. And certainly yeah, man, anyway. Um but somebody's got to do it. It's a dirty job. We both have Washington taking this one um after uh, Cal pulled off the surprise upset last year, right?
1: Uh yeah, they didn't score an offensive touchdown and beat Washington. So, this yeah. is like this is like a big capital L because there's no way that Washington's gonna allow that to you know, that's gotta be festering for for Washington. So uh yeah. I think this is a that's probably a blowout. Yeah.
0: All right. Then sneaky tough week three game against yeah. North Texas. You're talking North about Texas, the offensive
1: yeah. team versus the defensive team, you know?
0: It, exactly. And North Texas yeah, North Texas was really good last year. Um I don't think Cal is gonna be favored by a ton in this one, but it is at home. It is a power five school versus a group of five schools, so you have to take all that stuff into a, into account, especially from like a talent standpoint. So we both have Cal winning, but I wouldn't be shocked if this is a closer uh, game than anybody would like.
1: Yeah, Cal might need a little bit of offense in this game to
0: win. So No, 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 no. no. As we learned last year, the most important thing <laughs> for Cal is to not offense. Do not offense, Cal.
1: <laughs> Uh, But what does it look like? You know, Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator there, they scored a lot of points. He's gone. So what does this offense look like now? It should still be really good, but we will see.
0: Absolutely. All right. Then after that, uh, they take on Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Um, I don't have a great feel for Ole Miss this year. Um, Looking at the projections for them, they looked like, you know, they might be a middle-of-the-pack SEC team this year. Um, But it's on the road um Ole Miss will probably have a talent advantage even having been down for a couple of years now um they just you know that, that SEC recruiting it does it does its work um so I have I have Cal taking the L here as do you
1: yeah uh, I'm anticipating I don't know if they gave the game time for this yet but I'm just guessing it's going to be 9 a.m also so there's just a lot of factors working against uh Cal in this one like the, the no offense thing and the playing an SEC team on the road probably at 9 in the morning. I it just, it doesn't look good to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I haven't looked right, I, have look.
1: I haven't looked to see if the game time is announced, but I could see this one being a morning game.
0: Yep. All right, then we already talked about ASU and Cal. We both have uh Cal taking the win there. Um then at Oregon after that, um we both have them taking the loss. Uh playing against a good team on the road, um and it just would it would break up the symmetry of this uh of this Thing if we didn't have them taking a loss after their their last win,
1: yeah, it's just it's one of those things where c- could Cal beat Oregon? Yeah, I mean, if it was at home, I think you'd give a better chance. I mean, it sucks you got to go on the road at Washington and uh, at Oregon. Oh, and later on they're going to play at Stanford too, so it's a pretty rough divisional schedule for Cal as far as like where they're playing. So if this was at home, I think you know you give them one of those, they give them a puncher's chance, but. I think one of those things where Oregon at home this year is probably going to be pretty good. And uh you're going to have to bring a little offense, David. I know you don't like it, but I think you're not beating Oregon without a little bit of offense.
0: And thus you're not beating Oregon. Yeah. Right? Which is what we said. Cuz like, if Cal, if Cal offenses too much, they lose. Yeah. And they will have to, you know, it's like a, it's one of those, you know, tough conundrums, right? Yeah. It's a catch 22. It's a catch 22 all the way. Yep. All right. Uh then uh bye in week seven, so right in the middle of the schedule. Uh then they get Oregon State at home, so that, that should be a win for uh for the Cal Bears. Yep. We both both have them winning. Then they go at Utah. It feels like everybody's going at Utah this year. And uh just like everybody else going at Utah this year, we've got Cal losing. Just a
1: tough place to play. And I do feel like I wasn't sure like I, I was coming down to USC or Utah in the south, but I just feel like Utah's a more complete team. Um and I, I don't see them losing games like this this year. Now, maybe they get a bunch of injuries and stuff, but I think this was a losable game before. But I think for Utah, if you really are going to be the team that can threaten the Washingtons of the North and uh, try to win the, the whole conference, not just the division, these are games you're going to win. And I feel like they're going to do that this year.
0: Yep, I agree. And then another bye week. <clears throat> so two games, then another bye. Uh, then they get Washington State at home. Mm. And we both have... Cal winning this football game
1: yeah it's just one of those things where you saw what Washington was able to do against Washington State and kind of slowing down that offense I feel like cal can can do something similar um so this is I think it's a tough one I could go either way but I I, I agree with you on this one I think uh this is one that cal gets to win uh at home
0: absolutely they got a bye week right. you
1: know they get to prepare it's, I just feel like it's it's a good spot for them to beat a Washington state squad
0: absolutely all right then USC at home um this is one where I I actually do think it could go either way um I think Cal is a you know kind of a uniquely tough matchup I think they can you know kind of ugly up a game um and you know it, it could be interesting especially if uh USC's air raid looks anything like Washington State's air raid which I don't know maybe it will maybe it won't um but if it does, then they get it back to back to weeks where you know maybe they iron out some kinks against Washington State and are able to do it against USC. Um, but I still have Cal losing.
1: Yeah, we I do too. It's you know if if Cal had lost to USC last year, maybe. But just it's kind of one of those revenge things where I think it'll get a little bit more attention than maybe it it would normally. Um, so we'll see. See if uh, Cal can beat them twice in a row. Uh, but I I, just, yep. I think that's not going to happen.
0: All right, and then uh, at Stanford and at UCLA to close out the year, not a fun back-to-back, um, not great to close out the season with back-to-back road games. Um, I have them losing to Stanford and then losing to UCLA. Um, you have them losing to Stanford as well, but then beating UCLA.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I thought I'd be a little more um, bullish on the Bruins, but when I was doing my picks, I wasn't as bullish, I guess, so I don't know. Uh, but I, I feel like they get an end-of-the-season win. So that's the only game on Cal's whole schedule that we didn't, pick the same
0: yeah and that's you know i guess that makes sense if i'm if i'm being if i'm being honest i guess that makes a little bit of sense yeah because you know i'm not i'm not not a homer no let's let's just let's call a spade a spade (laughs) all right so you have uh you have cal going um is that right please say five and five so six and six and four and five six in conference all right, and I have Cal going uh, five and seven, three and six in conference.
1: Okay, so we're pretty so. close, like on our records, which is like a game off or two, you know, like a like one game off. Eat, yeah, like, overall, like really, we're only differencing by like two games total because we five and seven for Arizona. You said six and six. I said five and seven for Arizona State, and then reverse that for Colorado. So it's it's pretty close.
0: Wow, you went. Okay, I just want to prepare Colorado fans.
1: Yeah, this isn't uh, good.
0: Ryan's an asshole.
1: <laughs> I'd rather do that to Colorado fans because they don't tweet me anger like Utah fans would. So you got. I
0: think you just. I think you just challenged Colorado fans I to did. tweet you angrily. Well, like last
1: year, you were an idiot for picking Utah fifth because you knew they are going to be all over you. You know.
0: That's a good point. And then that's a good point.
1: And when they won the division, then it really made you look bad. But not that I don't like to bring that up. A lot. Well, I kind of do. I like the yeah. Up. You kind
0: of like to bring that up every opportunity you're given. <laughs> All right, let's let's start this. So, Colorado, right, hold on. Uh, Colorado Buffalo, beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colorado opens the year uh, against Colorado State. I actually don't know if this is an at. Our intern put it as an at. It might don't be. Don't they the, usually neutral site this one?
1: I think they usually do, like Denver or something. Um,
0: well, whatever the case, we've got Colorado winning, nonetheless. Yeah. And for Ryan, that's that's half of Colorado's win total this year. <laughs> Just a little preview. Spoiler alert. alert! Spoiler alert! Uh, then they host Nebraska. Um, we both have Nebraska winning this. I guess we both think that Scott Frost is going to jump quite a bit in year two, um, or at the very least, be good enough to beat Colorado. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is. I mean, it's at Colorado, so you know that's not. Super easy for Nebraska, but yeah, we both have uh, both have Scott Frost taking this one.
1: I kind of feel like they're going to be uh, significantly better this year. Nebraska being, um, you know, we'll see. It's you know they're not in the, the tougher division in the Big Ten, but I think there is going to be some strides and some steps forward. So I, I think this is going to be a really tough uh, game. You know, I think Nebraska could be easily eight or nine win team this year. So that that's tough for me to see Colorado getting a win there.
0: Yep. All right, and then after Colorado takes on Nebraska, they get Air Force at home. Uh, this is one of the few not good military academies these days. Yeah. Um. So Colorado should win that uh, fairly easily. We both have them taking the win.
1: If this was like then, Army, uh, I don't know. I would pick them to win. But yeah, I mean Army gave like Oklahoma a game last year.
0: So. So you just think you think Mel Tucker sucks, right?
1: No, I like Mel Tucker. I just think the first year it could be Jonathan Smithy. You know, it's just tough.
0: Well, that, what I'm hearing there then is that you think Mel Tucker sucks, because no, you not just compared him to that. Jonathan Smith. No, no offense. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got him okay. a two and one.
1: I got him a two and one. I don't know what, what what you're talking about.
0: Well, just a preview, guys. Uh, Ryan has them losing the rest of their games <laughs> after that. Uh, every every conference game after that one. All right. So at ASU, uh, I haven't taken the L as well, yeah. um, as we talked about briefly earlier. Uh, then there's a bye week, and then I have them beating Arizona. Um, at home, Ryan obviously has them losing, as yeah. we talked about earlier. Uh, then it's at Oregon. Um, we both have not taken the L in that one. Uh, just t- two different programs at different stages. Yeah. Um, one much more talented than the other, so this one makes sense. Then at Washington State, another loss. Again, two different programs at two different stages. One is in, what, like year eight, year seven of Leach, something like that. Yeah. Um, and they're firing on all cylinders, so uh, no shame in that loss. Then USC at home, um, yeah, it's just tough to see. Um, maybe they can pull it out, but tough for me to see. Um, talent disparity, just a little too great. Um, at UCLA, we both have them taking the loss. Yeah, um, which you know, uh, I could see them winning, sure, um, but I just they're going to be at a at a. I think they're going to be at a, a huge point differential disadvantage in most of these games from a spread perspective. Um, I just don't think they're gonna be favored to win too many games. No. Uh but I do have them beating Stanford.
1: Yeah. That's gonna upset both of our Stanford fans.
0: Yeah, they're both gonna be mad. Um <laughs> Ryan, what did you have them doing to Stanford? Oh, that's right, losing. Right. Again, because that's what you decided because to do to all of the Colorado Stanford's fans.
1: Stanford's good, and right now Colorado's not that good. So
0: You know, Stanford Stanford was sneaky bad last year. Mm. Like sneaky bad, okay. not not bad, but like sneaky bad. They were nine and four, but they were like not like a robust nine and four. Anyway, uh, then it's another bye week um, right before the final slate of games. Uh, but those games are against Washington and Utah. Utah on the road. Those are maybe yeah. the you know those are probably two, the two best teams in the conference this year. And we have them losing both games.
1: Right. Well, I mean, so, you look at the the stretch that I pick them to lose all those games. You had them beating Arizona, which yeah, you could see that happening. Not really seeing the Stanford one, but it's hard. It's hard when you look at just the way the schedule lays out. Like, where's Colorado gonna get these wins? Maybe they're gonna be a lot better than what we think. Uh, Mel Tucker brings a sense of toughness, and the defense is—you know—they're—they're they're like Cal defensive last year or something. I don't know, but I, it's hard to do that going into the season right now. Like, if, if you know after a few games, you're like, well, actually, this team looks pretty good. Then you'll feel good. You know, our picks each week will be a little bit different, but right now, going in, it's just really tough to see.
0: Yep. I, 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 I get that. I, I'm more like taking it, again, in kind of the aggregate. Which games could I see them winning? And for me, it was basically, do I have them beating Stanford or USC at home? And I was like, eh, I'll pick Stanford. Because I think Stanford is going to take a step back. But I just, I'm having a hard time seeing them going in 0-9 in conference. I just think that's a bit too much. So... Uh, to wrap it up, um, Ryan now has his Pac-12 standings: ASU five and seven, three and six; Arizona five and seven, three and six; and then Colorado bringing up the rear. And unless he has, I don't know. I think at this point that's pretty much it. Uh, Colorado two and ten, zero and nine in conference. I have Colorado four and eight, two and seven in conference. All right. Uh, so this- I have them. I have them ahead of Arizona because they beat Arizona. So I have actually Arizona last in the
1: South. Whoa! Arizona yeah. fans get all over Dave. Okay. Uh, next up, we go back to the north, and we have Oregon Ducks.
0: Okay, so Oregon generating a ton of hype this offseason um, as a you know dark horse playoff contender, Heisman and Justin Herbert, all this junk, and we both have them losing to Auburn in the opening game.
1: We do. Um, only because that's what happens yep. when the Pac-12 plays like an SEC school at a neutral site game. Somewhere way closer to the south than the the west coast, be great for the Pac twelve if the Ducks can buck the the trend. But I'm not picking the time when the trend's going to be you know broken. I, I just feel like until that does, uh, I'm going to keep picking this the SEC team on the neutral site field.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly my rationale for it. Um, it's a team that will definitely have a talent advantage over Oregon, and I haven't yet seen Oregon out-coach a team under Cristobal, so I'm interested to see what that looks like. I think it's, you know, if we're talking about the week one games we're most excited and interested in, that's definitely it, because if if Crystal Ball is able to, you know, pull off the, you know, the ability to coach in that game and actually, you know, beat uh, uh, an opponent with more talent... Um, That's going to really bode well for Oregon um, for the future, for this season, but just in general. um, That would be a huge marquee win and and a signal, I think, of uh, maybe um, a reason to reappraise uh, Cristobal's ability as a coach. Yeah. Um, Then it's Nevada and Montana, both at home. Uh, Shouldn't have any trouble here. We both have them winning each of those games. Um, I think Nevada made some strides last year under Jay Norvell, um, but they're still going to be you know, nothing nothing special and especially at home for Oregon, this should be a cakewalk and then Montana's nothing.
1: Uh zero. Montana is yes. There's no Yes,
0: they're zero. They're less than zero. Yeah. Yes. Uh then at Stanford, uh we both have Oregon taking the loss here. So despite my absolute shit talking of Stanford, I have them beating Oregon.
1: Uh yeah, I just I feel like the road games here for Oregon are going to be a little tougher than the home games. And, you know, when you're playing a Stanford or a Washington, I, I'm not sure that Oregon's going to get the wins this year. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not really bullish on Oregon uh, on the road as I more I am at home. So I think they I think Stanford gets the win on this one.
0: Absolutely. All right. Then we have um, by week uh, followed by Cal at home. Um, We both have Oregon winning that one, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, Then Colorado at home. We both have Oregon winning that one. Uh, Then it's at Washington. Um, So, you know, the rematch after uh, Oregon finally ended that streak last year. Yeah,
1: they won last year, and uh, it was like Washington, you know, Oregon had the bye and all that. I just feel like this is, like, not set up well, that this will be another revenge game for Washington.
0: So Absolutely, and I think they're going to be on a revenge tour this year. Yeah. Um, so yes, we both have Oregon taking the loss here. Um, so at this point we both have Oregon with three losses and four wins. So there'll be a lot of air out of this balloon at this point. Um, after that, um, I have them losing one more to Washington state at home. Um, just maybe a little bit of a hangover effect after, after going at Washington, Washington state's good in its own right. So there's a, you know, I think a, a lot of good reason to expect that they might not be, um, you know, tip top for that game and, and Washington state's pretty good coming in there and ready to beat them up. You have Oregon winning.
1: I do. I feel like it'll be a bounce back one. Um, you know I think it's going to be a tough one on the road at Washington, but they come back home and take care of, get, uh, take care of business against a, a, what I think is going to be a good Washington state squad. I think it's a big game for Oregon. And if you look at the whole schedule uh, and you know, for me, I think they win the rest of them on the way out, but it, it starts with this one. If you can bounce back from the Washington game, uh, then I think you can close the season strong.
0: Yep. All right. And then after that, um, Oregon gets USC on the road. Uh, we both have them pulling off the road win here. Yeah. Um, so we're saying, I think, you know, all talent being maybe not relatively equal, but we're saying right there, what we're saying is that Mario Cristobal, who we both think is like an average coach, <laughs> is clearly superior to anything Clay Helton's going to bring to the table. Hard. Or interim coach at this point.
1: Right. It could be interim coach. Hard to argue with that one. I, this is the one big road game I have Oregon winning. Um, I had them losing at Stanford. Losing them at Washington. Uh, I mean, you could argue later on ASU that that's a big one. But I feel like Stanford, Washington, USC, and then Auburn, which isn't a road game. But you know, I, I think it's going to be tough to win those. But I feel like I can bounce back and win this one. So uh, I have Oregon win this one just like you.
0: righty. And then we have uh another bye week for Oregon, um, after USC. And then it's Arizona at home, who we have uh as you talked about, Oregon winning. ASU on the road, we have Oregon winning, and then finally the Civil War against Oregon State. Yeah. And it's at Oregon, so we're we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take the ducks here. Um, yeah. <laughs> s- spoiler alert, Colorado is not the only O9 conference team we'll have in this uh in this prediction.
1: Yeah, this one oh, I think we are exactly this oh, oh, well let's let's talk about the record for Oregon. So
0: All right, so you have Oregon at um 9 and 3. Yeah. And uh looks like uh 6, wait no, 7 and 2 in conference. Yeah. Pretty good. I have Oregon at eight and four, six and three in conference, so, so not too dissimilar no, pretty just similar. one game one game off, yeah all right one where, um, one, th-
1: one where we do have some very similar picks, exact same picks uh, it's with the Oregon state
0: beavers, okay, so we don't need to belabor this one let's let's talk non conference and then just just say it like it is okay. Um, all right, so non conference. It's actually an interesting slate. They get Oklahoma State at home, then it's at Hawaii, then Cal Poly at home. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State at home. Um if Oregon State's made a ton of strides, I could see this game being weird. But I, I just it's too much. Way too much to predict yeah. that Oregon State's gonna even be super competitive in this one. Um so we both have them lose in Oklahoma State. It's
1: fun because the colors and the same, you know, uh you know, initials and all that stuff, but Oklahoma State's just a much better football program right now. It's not easy to go to Corvallis. Maybe something weird happens, but it's just – I think there's a big disadvantage here. But it would be a huge win. It would be a huge win for the Pac-12 and Oregon State, obviously, uh, if you can pull off an upset like that. But that it would be a pretty big upset, I think.
0: Absolutely. All right. And then um, after that, uh, at Hawaii – so this is actually a bit of a reach. Um, Hawaii, from everything I could see, Hawaii was favored by was the preseason favorite by about seven in this game. Yeah. Um, but we both have Oregon State winning, I think mostly out of sympathy. Um, <laughs> so we both have Oregon State winning that one, which, okay, fine. I mean, I could see it happening for sure. Um, and then we have them both beating Cal Poly. Big win, yeah. right? Two and one going into conference play. That's nothing bad. By week,
1: you're two and one. You go into conference play. you got to feel pretty good about your chances.
0: It's nothing but L's. No. <laughs> nothing but L's for both of us. Um, we could be very wrong, obviously. And usually these things happen when everyone is very wrong, when there's this big turnaround like right. this. Yeah, you could pick, uh, people
1: thought Washington State would finish last last year, and they won 11 games. You know, so, like, st- like maybe that happens. Who
0: knows? You just don't know. Um, but not great. So, yeah. So, you're talking – Anyway.
1: So, let, let's go through just real quick. So, Stanford at home, you know, tough to say. On the road against UCLA, Utah and Cal at home, and then you get a bye. It's like, you know, know, it's like these are good teams. On the road against Arizona, like we talked about that one, could be a winnable one, but it's just hard to pick, you know, pick that. And then you got Washington and Arizona State at home, maybe ASU at home, you could, you know, do that one. And then on the road at the the end of the season at Washington State and at Oregon, it's just tough to find a win there, you know, but – it could happen. It's just it's hard to predict.
0: <laughs> very, very hard to predict.
1: So, what's uh, the record there? It's probably easy to add that one up.
0: Two and ten, zero oh and nine, two and ten, zero oh and nine. So we both have Oregon State bringing up the rear in the North yet again.
1: <laughs> Sorry, uh, I mean I want to see them turn it around. Just, just for Angie's sake, like she's she's got to be bored covering teams that win zero or one Pac-12 games every year. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go. Our next team up is Stanford Cardinal. All
0: right. I want to drop drop some facts here first okay. to kind of preamble this one. How many returning starters would you guess Stanford has on offense?
1: So last year they returned like ninety eight percent of the uh, starting offensive power. This year, you know, with Arcega-Whiteside and Bryce Love, all those guys gone. I think it's significant. Drop off. Um, I would guess maybe like four or five starters return without looking. I don't three, think. three, three. Okay,
0: three. That's close. One offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, one receiver, tight end. If you're counting Parkinson as a starter, um, and KJ Costello. Yeah. They have to they have to replace four offensive linemen from an offensive line that was like spotty last right, year.
1: Right. So That's better. You want to get rid of those guys because they stuck. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then defensively, how many how many starters would you guess Stanford returns? They,
1: but they only play they don't even play like 11 guys on defense. They only play like 10 just to rotate them in a little bit. Um not a lot. Uh, I'll go 5 again.
0: 5 is correct. Okay. 5 is the right answer. Nice. So of of 22 returning spots offense and defense, they return 8. Yeah. Whenever anyway, you count, They weren't they weren't Stanford that they weren't out. that Well, the, the the thing is they just weren't that great last year. If they'd been like a dominant team and had this, then I'd be like, "Oh, okay." But they weren't that great. They were fundamentally flawed from an ethos standpoint. Like They wanted to be a ground-and-pound team, and they couldn't do it. With all those returning guys, they couldn't do it. They had to go to this air raid system, and oh, yeah, they lost their top three receivers from that air raid system. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Stanford this year. But did
1: you see David Shaw on the NFL Network? Like He was very good.
0: Oh, he is very the good. Draft, he's yeah. very good. So yeah, he's very how good. could you
1: pick him to lose when you could see him just giving all that draft analysis out
0: there? It's a great point. You bring up a great point.
1: <laughs> I'm very, very, probably overly, maybe too much bullish on the Stanford Cardinal. But here we are.
0: Yeah. Here we are indeed. All right. So let's uh, let's talk Stanford's schedule. So they take on Northwestern in the opener. Um, this is, I think, the rematch finally from that road game they lost in 2015. Uh, we both have them winning this one. Yep. Um, so that, that fits. Um, and then here's immediately where we deviate. Uh, they go at USC and then at UCF, uh, USC, I have them beating Stanford. I think it's, you know, this is one of the, uh, for me, I think it's, uh, it's a winnable game for USC. I think with Helton's teams, um, they can, you know, before things start getting weird, they can, they can look pretty good. And I think this could be a game where they look pretty good. Um, and then at UCF, UCF's one of the top group of five teams, uh, in the nation was the top group of five team the last couple of years. So, uh, easy to predict a loss there for Stanford yeah. for me.
1: Big, I mean, obviously a big cup, big three games, but a big couple, uh, you know, it's not usually going to determine the division, but it seems like whoever wins the USC Stanford game, they end up winning their division. Um, not always, but it happens quite a bit, I think not last year, but I think, I just feel like Stanford is going to be a better overall team in week two. And maybe if USC does get it going uh, with some of the new coaches and stuff, if they were playing later in the season, then I might predict USC to win. But I think at this point, Stanford's going to come into the Coliseum and, and get a win. UCF, I don't know as much about them, um, but I just I feel like they're going to get off to a hot start this year. So I got them uh starting off 3 and 0 and continuing to win after that.
0: Yep. All right, and then we have um or, so this is to kick off basically the meat of conference play. Uh Stanford gets Oregon at home. Uh we talked about uh this is one of the conference games I have Stanford winning, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier rivalry game uh, more or less at this point. Um then it's at Oregon State and yeah, that's that's what it is. No. Uh, then it's <laughs> then it's Washington at home. So this is where I get a little bit weird because even expecting Stanford to be, you know, down a little bit this year, I still think they're going to be good enough. And David Shaw's a wily enough coach. KJ Costello is a wily enough quarterback. They're going to pull off some weird wins. Um, this is one I have Washington dropping. I think it's uh, spoiler alert. The only one I have Washington dropping. Uh, but I have Stanford taking this one at home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I kind of feel like Washington's just going to run through the north this year. Spoiler alert! Uh, I'm going to pick them to win, so I, I got them. Uh, I got them winning. Um, they're kind of doing the exact opposite for me in the Oregon State mode. So I just think Washington's going to be good.
0: And then uh, after a bye week, uh, Stanford hosts UCLA on a Thursday. I somehow have UCLA winning this, even though I said many years ago I would never pick UCLA to beat Stanford until they actually beat Stanford. Ha <laughs> ha. I am always lying.
1: Well, it makes sense because, like, if you want to think about it, like, you got to go against trends. You know, like, sure, Stanford will be coming off a bye week. We'll have extra time to prepare for UCLA. And sure, UCLA hasn't beat Stanford (laughs) since, like, the Carter administration. And, and, and And sure, you're not usually very good at these picks things. I mean, all of that adds up to, yeah, pick UCLA to beat Stanford coming off a bye.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for your support, Ryan. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. I rarely, if ever, know what I'm thinking. But anyway, uh, those are our picks. And then uh, Arizona at home, we both have Stanford winning, as we talked about. Then it's another bye week. Uh, then at Colorado, I have Stanford taking the loss. There you have um, obviously because you have Colorado zero and nine, you have Colorado winning. Uh, then at Washington State, um, I have Stanford uh, losing this one. Um, you have Stanford winning on the road at the Palouse, which is far more interesting than having Stanford losing.
1: It is. It's interesting. Uh, I, this was I kind of went back and forth on this one a little bit, and I. This is kind of like my overall thought of if Stanford's going to be as good as I think. This is a game they're gonna go in there and uh and get a tough road win. Um I mean I'm I'm looking at this, I'm way even more bullish than I thought I would be going with Stanford going in here, but that's just my thought. We'll see. We'll see if that changes. But I got Stanford uh winning this one.
0: All right. And then uh Cal at home, we both have Stanford winning that one as we talked about. And then finally, they wrap up with Notre Dame at home. Uh, I have not taking the loss, which is no big surprise. But you must have Notre Dame is pretty good because you also have Stanford losing. I do.
1: I was like, it's hard for me to picture Stanford going eleven and one, but you know, I think they lose to Washington and Notre Dame. I think those are the two best teams on their schedule, but they beat everybody else. So we'll see if that, which never really happens in the Pac-12, but you know, we'll see if we'll see how close I end up getting.
0: So uh. just. So everyone knows out there, I have Stanford going six and six, five and four in the North. Or five and four in conference. Uh Ryan has them going ten and two and eight and one in conference.
1: Yeah. Uh okay. they still have Christian McCaffrey, right? Like he's still there?
0: Mm, been a couple of years actually <laughs> since uh since our man's been in uh been in Cardinal.
1: Uh nice. who's the who's the running back now? Um what's it?
0: It's name? gotta be that Bryce Love guy, right? No,
1: he's gone uh scarlet right
0: yeah he's he's really good no you don't, you don't like him as much Heart uh, noise
1: is my buddy uh trent irwin is he still around or is he gone
0: too no nah, he's gone Son of a
1: bitch. okay uh we'll see but well, i just have to trust david shaw and his nfl analysis uh and all
0: those eight returning starters i think they're gonna be, all those eight uh actually yeah those eight returning starters <laughs> all eight of them <laughs>
1: Better do well. Okay, uh, next up, we're going back to the south. We have... UCLA
0: Bruins. All right. Um, so, I'm already regretting my picks because that's just my own self-loathing at work. Um, okay. We have, uh, for UCLA, so my my take on UCLA is that they're going to look more and more like the team that was at there at the end of the year than the one that was at the beginning of last year. Um, but that's still not great. It's just you know, more palatable than that beginning part of the year. So anyway, that's my take on this year. Um, at Cincinnati to open the year though, uh, Cincinnati's gonna be pretty good again. They, are. Uh, they were pretty good last year and they beat UCLA at home. Um, even an improved UCLA team on the road at Cincinnati, uh, having a hard time with it. So I'll take uh, UCLA to lose that one.
1: I kind of think this is a revenge. Uh, I think UCLA be a little bit better. I still Cincinnati, I think it's a good team. It's good. this would be a really good road win. But I feel like the coaching is going to be better. I know the recruiting optional was was that they picked the non-option on the recruiting stuff, but and there's only what how many guys on scholarship like 40 total. Um, <laughs> They've 70? actually
0: added a few transfers since uh, since uh, the uh, since I since I started dogging them so hard. Okay. So they're actually up to like 72 or 73. All right, there
1: we go. So like. in the 70s, that's good. So yeah, I, I, yeah, it's great. I got the. They've
0: only, they're only in like year two of USC sanctions. I got,
1: <laughs> I got the Bruins with the win. On the road. Don't feel great about it, but that's what I picked.
0: All right. Um, And then UCLA moves on to take San Diego State at home. Also not an easy game. Uh, San Diego State's pretty good. Uh, Their defense is always uh, very good under Rocky Long. Um, The offense was very bad last year. Um, There's reason to expect it might be better this year. They're switching their scheme a little bit. Um, But nonetheless, uh, we both have UCLA winning this, um, and I don't. I think this is one where the fact that UCLA will be a better team than last year um, should start to, you know, make them just look more comfortable in games like this. I think they could win it, you know, reasonably comfortably, like 7 to 10 points. Yeah, I can see it. Then it's Oklahoma at home. Um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even an improved UCLA have a hard time seeing them keeping this within even a couple of touchdowns. So Oklahoma spanks them. Unless they change the the rule, like
1: if your quarterback or you have a different quarterback win the Heisman two years in a row, the third year, you're not allowed to have a quarterback. So maybe if they did that, (laughs) it would be good.
0: Uh, can we take odds on Jalen Hurts winning the Heisman this year?
1: Uh, I mean, you might as well. Like heck uh is he was he named the starter did they do that yet or i don't know i don't think
0: they've named it but it's a foregone conclusion the way they were talking about him in the offseason was just like oh my god he's such a good leader all this stuff so yeah i have to imagine right. all right um but nonetheless gonna be a yeah. Gonna be an ugly game. Um, then UCLA gets to follow that with a couple of road games at Washington State and at Arizona. You have them dropping both of this, which is fair. Um, I have them beating Washington, or no, I have them beating Arizona. I have them losing to Washington State. Um, I think Arizona is the worst team of those two. Yeah. Um, and this is again one of those kind of in aggregate things. I think they go two and three in that stretch to start the season. I just don't know who the two are against. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got them beating Arizona, um, as we talked about above.
1: I just think cause it's, then the, it's Oregon state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, go it's, ahead. it's on it's on the road. I don't know. It's just after that early stretch could be better, but I, I kind of just feel like they'll win the first couple and then lose the next few.
0: Yep. Then it's Oregon state. Um, yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Um, then it's a bye week um, then at Stanford, uh, as we talked about, right. I, uh, was taking crazy pills, got them winning that one well, to be
1: fair though. Then, UCLA is also coming off a bye, so there's no advantage for Stanford. So,
0: Right. It's just one of them has to go on the road and the other <laughs> one has to stay at home on a Thursday. Um, then it's uh, ASU and Colorado both at home. I think they could kind of build some momentum here. I've got them winning five straight in the middle of the schedule. So, Wow. Um, you have them going three and two during the same stretch, so not that dissimilar. Um, but, yeah, that's the soft part of the schedule, um, that middle stretch. Then it's a bye week, and then it's the hard part of the schedule. Uh, or the hard part of the back half, anyway. Um, at Utah, at USC, back-to-back. Um, you know, if they're if they're really gelling by this point, maybe they make these games competitive and win one of them. I just having a hard time seeing it. So, I have them losing both of those.
1: I think if it was, like, at USC and then at Utah, but I feel like off the bye, at Utah, it's going to be really tough, and then it'll be a little tougher at USC. Some revenge factor uh, in there as well and then uh, I don't know I just got a feeling about Cal this year but Cal could certainly I mean UCLA could certainly beat Cal in the Rose Bowl uh, to end the season but I just feel like they might get some some not you know they had some positive momentum last year I, I, I'm get just the way the schedule sets up I think there might be some not as positive momentum uh, at the end so maybe uh, Cal gets a win there
0: yeah and I've got I've got a uh, UCLA beating Cal so all right, so our picks um, for UCLA. I have UCLA going a robust seven and five, six and three in conference. You have UCLA going five and seven, three and six in conference. Yeah,
1: so two games better than last year, but
0: but you now have ASU, Arizona, and UCLA all clustered with the exact same record.
1: That, that worked well for you last year, right? Didn't when you had a whole bunch of teams tied.
0: Yeah, for sure. But this leaves it very complex, Ryan, because now I need to figure out the tiebreak between these three stupid teams. Do you want me to switch (laughs) switch again? No, no, it's fine. It's fine, Ryan. Um,
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay, Uh, next up we have... USC Trojan.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny because our, our 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 predictions are kind of different for this one which we'll get into in a second but it's just us both like finding ways to give usc kind of a dumpy record <laughs> it's just it's, it's funny like, how i kind of feel like
1: they're gonna have kind of a dumpy record but i'm seeing improvements i'm seeing a lot of things better but it's hard to like pull the trigger and say oh yeah they're gonna beat stanford or utah and stuff it's just it's hard at this point
0: Yep. All right. So let's get started. Uh, Fresno State open the season. Tough opponent. 12 Not wins Not an easy opponent. 12 wins last year. 12 wins, 12 last, wins year. last year. Uh, Tedford's got him rolling. Uh, we both have USC winning. Um, they should have major talent advantage, even if they don't have the coaching advantage by a long shot. Um, but this one, I mean, there is a long list of games for USC this year that I wouldn't be shocked if they went either way. Yeah. Whatsoever. Um, but I've got them winning this one. You have them winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then at Stanford, um, as we talked about earlier, I have them winning Uh, that one. You have them losing. Um, Then at BYU, so BYU should be improved. Yeah, uh, should be tougher. um, Should be just you know kind of coming into their own a little bit. And I have BYU taking the win here. Um, You have the you have you have USC winning.
1: Yeah, I kind of think they're going to win those two early out of conference games, but both of them are tough. I forget the. It's the sophomore quarterback for BYU. He was a freshman that was playing really well at the end of last year. I forget who it is. Yeah, name. I forgot his name. Um, but I think BYU is going to be a tough team. It's going to be a road game. Um, tough place to play. I've, I've gone to a game there in the in the '90s, and it was definitely, uh, definitely very rabid fans. Although they're very nice, they're not going to like throw bottles at you or batteries or something. But they're they're very nice. But they're very they cheer very loud for uh, their Cougars. So uh, I could see them. I. No problem with you picking the loss there. I could see that happening for sure.
0: And then we kind of flipped that with the other Utah school, Utah, Um, the next week. I have USC, you know, kind of flexing its talent muscles in this one, even though I think Utah is going to be a much better team record-wise this year. I think this, you know, I don't think Utah is so good that they're just going to run through their schedule. And this is one where I could see them tripping up. You know, it's Utah on the road at USC. The last time Utah was really good and went on the road at USC, it was kind of a it was a little bit of a laugher actually for USC when they were when Utah came in like ranked number fourth or something. Yeah, yeah. This has been um, uh, so- whoever's
1: at home wins this one. I think for the the series, it's just been like you know Utah wins in Salt Lake and USC kind of wins in the Coliseum over the last several years. And I I agree with you. Like something about me says that Utah's not going to make that kind of run, but I ha- had a hard time predicting where they were going to lose. Um, I just feel like it's a complete team. I don't know about the the USC offensive line. We did, we we could see the passing game, but we haven't really seen like the run game up close yet. And is it going to work? Is the the, the offensive line going to play better up to their level of talent? And I think this defensive line for Utah is probably you know one of the best in the conference. And uh, I think Kyle Whittingham said it was one of his best or the best he's had. So I think it's going to be tough up front in this game. And uh, this is early on. So I just, I'm going to give Utah the edge.
0: Yep. All right, then USC at Washington. We both have USC taking the loss here. Yeah. Um, Washington's just a far better team, also nearing par with talent-wise, so that's just tough to deal with. Uh, then it's a bye week, as Ryan just capitalized in our document. <laughs> um, then USC gets to go at Notre Dame. Isn't that fun? Isn't that sweet? We both think Notre Dame's, I think, going to be pretty good here this year because you have them losing to, you have them beating stanford yeah we both have them beating usc here so this will be usc riding for me with a three and three record after week seven for you they will be at two and four
1: yeah it's a really tough opening i mean this is uh, no one has a schedule like that to start the season um you know on- so all
0: right, all right all right then i gotta ask the question ryan yeah after two and four are we talking about the Graham Harrell era. Uh,
1: I don't know who would take over, but I, my gut feeling is if they go two and four. But my other gut feeling is that Lin Swan might not be the AD either. Um, I mean, Bruce Feldman came on my podcast a couple weeks ago and said, if you said over under October 1st, Lin Swan being the athletic director, he took the under. He thinks that they're going to have to get a, get rid of him. Um, and you could be, I mean, there's this new Pat Hayden stuff involved where He's, you know, his name is now being talked about a little bit in the uh, varsity blue stuff. There's some dysfunction going on that you don't, you you obviously know in the uh, USC athletic department. So the new president comes in July 1st. Uh, Some people think that she's going to make some big moves. they got a lot of problems in the university. um, But is this a big enough one that they're going to address right away? I kind of feel like they make a new, they make a change at athletic director. You go two and four and they make a change at head coach, but. We'll see, but that's kind of my thought right now.
0: All right. Uh, Then they will have a nice little respite. Uh, Arizona at home, followed by at Colorado. We both have them winning those two, as we talked about. Uh, We'll run through these pretty quick since we talked about them all. But losses to Oregon for both of us. Um, I've got them losing to ASU on the road. You have them winning. Uh, And then we have them closing out with wins at Cal and UCLA at home. So for both of us, We have them going seven and five and five and four, just very different ways of arriving at those numbers. Yeah,
1: and I think there's a lot of winnable and losable games on the schedule for for USC, and it's just it's really going to come for Clay Hilton to keep his job. I think he's got to just win more of those. There's a bunch of coin flips, and he's got to win more of them.
0: You are so pandering. I'm looking at your Utah picks. You just pander to our most vocal fans. That's what you do.
1: No, I'm just, I'm you're doubling a down panderer. on my. No, you are a panderer. Doubling it's down fine. on my pick it's... from last year. I just I, whatever. Keep but pandering. It, but I think you're right. I just it's hard to see them make the kind of run that I'm thinking they're going to make. But we'll see. All right, next up we have Utah Utes.
0: All right, um, so they go at BYU. I'm just never picking Utah to lose to BYU because I don't want to deal with the hate mail. So Utah wins. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, also, they're just going to be a better team, so that's 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 true. Um, then it's NIU and Idaho State at home. Yeah, just a lot of poop noises. Um, so Utah win both of those. They'll be three and O. Going into conference play, Um, I have them dropping the opener at USC, as we just talked about, but you have them winning. Um, So, yeah. And then, uh, after that, it's Washington State at home. Uh, I have... We both have Utah winning, um, which yeah, fine. Uh, Then it's a bye week. Uh, Then it's at Oregon State wins. ASU at home wins. Cal at home wins. At Washington, losses. Um, This is... I think the one game Bill Connolly has them not favored in, um, so it makes sense. Uh, If this game was at Utah, that would be really interesting.
1: You're right. Yeah. But so, so you're saying is Utah's favorite in all the games except at Washington.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what the numbers are saying, right. anyway, at this point. I, I don't feel um, bad. I
1: didn't know that, and I picked them to win all those games. So
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, but you got to aggregate odds. Right, right. Like, you can't just look at them single by game. Um, but anyway, uh, then it's a bye week. So a bye week before that final three-game stretch, I think that's nice timing, actually. You get that. I mean, it, maybe it would be better if it came right before at Washington, but still getting a little bit of a rest before the uh, final three-game slate to close strong. And then they get UCLA at Arizona and Colorado, so it's a pretty easy final three games too. Um, So if they take care of business, which we both project them doing, they'll be three and zero going down the stretch. Um, Anything to comment there? No, I mean
1: it's hard to. This is a pretty big jump. I mean, last year was a big jump winning the South, right? Like that Utah hadn't done it before. You know, a team like Colorado had, uh, but they did it. But I feel like that's the breakthrough, and if they. Can be more consistent on offense. I, I heard their offensive coordinator is making like two and a half million dollars a year. Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Andy Ludwig, <laughs> yeah. big, big money Ludwig.
1: Two and a half million dollars over three years. Yes, we know. But, you know, Huntley, Moss, are they dynamic? Are they not turning the ball over? Are they staying healthy? Is the defense going to be as good as we think? The special teams are always going to be good, even though you're losing some key pieces from last year. I, I just feel like this could be a year that they put it together and look like a legit team that will be talked about nationally. Now, they don't have a, a tough out-of-conference schedule. Yeah, you obviously got to win that first one at BYU. It will be a little bit tougher, but you can kind of get on the road. You, you win at BYU – You beat USC on the road. That's a big one. And I think that would set it off. You know, if they lose to USC like you're predicting, I'm not sure. I definitely wouldn't pick them to win as many games down the stretch, but I feel like they're just going to get some momentum. And outside of that Washington game, I'm going to feel feel pretty good about their chances in all these games.
0: All right. So you have Utah going eleven and one, eight and one in conference. I have Utah going ten and two, seven and two in conference. But we both have Utah winning the South. Yeah. Um. And our standings are I mean, kind of similar. Um. So I have Utah, then UCLA, then USC, then ASU, Colorado, and Arizona. You have Utah, then USC, then UCLA, then ASU, Arizona, and Colorado. All UCLA, ASU, and Arizona all kind of clustered together. Yeah. So. All
1: right. So that's the South. That's to be funny. Like that's how I would have pictured it in my head. Like picking them out. So when I pick the games, I guess that makes sense. Um, yep. All right. We got two left. Uh, Let's go back up north. We have Washington Huskies.
0: Weak as hell. Non-conference schedule, Washington, but it'll generate some wins. So that's all that matters. Uh, Week one, Eastern Washington. Uh, The the school across the state's the one that's prone to losing these sorts of ones on occasion. Uh, Washington really hasn't. So I've got Washington winning this one. So do you um cal at home we talked about washington winning hawaii at home if oregon state can beat hawaii on the road washington you shouldn't have any trouble at home um and then at byu so byu you know dealing as Day pointed out a couple weeks ago dealing with a lot of pac-12 schools this year yeah they got um, so they have
1: washington at home they have usc at home and who's the other pac-12 team at utah utah at home all of those teams they're playing at home that's crazy
0: yeah that's pretty wild um so uh, i think we have them going what one and two against the pac-12 schools there uh so. yeah no we don't yeah well i do i do i do oh you have BYU.
1: okay yeah i don't i have them not winning a game at home against pac-12 that doesn't make me feel good yeah,
0: yeah all right um so we both have washington beating byu then we both have washington beating usc uh our one difference is the following week um at Stanford, I have Washington taking the loss. You have them winning again. Um and then after that, at Arizona, Washington winning both games. Oregon at home, Washington winning both. Um, and then Utah bye week, followed by Utah. So that's good placement of the bye for Washington. Yes.
1: Not as much. And Utah's not coming off a bye. Washington is. So that's one of those that's, that's
0: and they get to host. Yeah, it's kind of crappy. Yeah, this is no, but this is one of those things where you've talked about it a lot, a long time. Setting it up so the best teams have a little bit of a favorable, you know, look at the schedule, and this is what this does. Yeah, you know, gives them a buy right before a team. But you're doing it against
1: be, a Utah. Like Utah is also good. You know, like you don't want to. Yeah, skirt. look,
0: you gotta make you gotta make sacrifices, Ryan. What's your perfect <laughs> schedule? Come on. All right. Um. But anyway, they they're setting it up here for Washington to win this game, which we project they will, and then at Oregon State. Sorry, Oregon State. And then another bye week uh, before they have to go at Colorado. So that's another kind of a, I think, a favorable spot because that's you know late season road game yeah. against a team that might be improving by that point in the year. That's a good spot for a buy. Yeah, it'll be
1: cold, um, so like you know you shouldn't be overlooked. Like, that's a game you could maybe overlook a, maybe a surging or playing better Colorado squad, but you get a bye week. You know, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and
0: it's not like Washington plays well in the cold. You no, know. Obviously, like a bunch of summer boys couldn't even. a lot play. of rain. Oh, no, n- right, not as right, much they, snow. They, Right, they crushed the crap out of Washington State. And, and so right.
1: It's hard to, like, um, I like Washington State, but just they haven't showed the ability to do much against Washington, so.
0: Yep. All right, so uh, at Colorado, we both have Washington winning, and then in the Apple Cup, big shock, we have Washington winning. I don't think I'm ever picking Washington State in the Apple Cup again until they actually win the Apple Cup. Right, I'm with you. All right, so you have Washington going 12-0, and 9-0 in conference. I have Washington going eleven and one, eight and one in conference. So very similar.
1: As the Pac twelve, um, we need a we need a representation. We need some representation in the playoff. So I, I know yep. Oregon's like the sexy pick and stuff, but I'm still picking Washington to win the North.
0: Yep. All right, so Washington State, our final team. You want to do the sound? Washington State Cougars. <laughs> All right, so the Cougs are taking on a bunch of crap in the non-conference slate. Uh, First, Patsy is New Mexico State. They'll get crushed. Second, Northern Colorado. They'll get crushed. Third, and kind of a sneaky Patsy, Houston, uh, which took a nosedive last year. Um, Maybe it will recover a little bit, but should still be pretty bad this year. Uh, Is it the Houston, so we have Washington Houston
1: Oilers. Is that with Warren Moon or what's the <laughs> no?
0: No, the fellow Cougs, oh, the fellow Cougs of Houston. More Cougs. Uh, so both Wash. So we both have Washington State three and O in non-conference play. Uh, then we have them opening with a win over UCLA at home. So that's four and O to start the season. So you know Washington State feeling pretty good at that I point. Mean, they don't
1: have to leave the Palouse until October, right? So
0: that's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty great, um, but then it's at Utah um, bye week, and then at ASU. I have them dropping both of those road games, um, so that's yeah, you know, that's not great. I
1: have them. I'm uh, winning that one off the bye. I feel like they'll yeah. coming off the bye yeah. they'll they'll get a win.
0: Yep, and then it's uh, Colorado and at Oregon. I've got them winning both. You have them losing to Oregon on the road. Uh, then it's another bye um and then at cal off the bye um we both have them losing so we don't have them i mean, I don't have them performing well at all off of bye weeks
1: no you don't Maybe yeah. I need to
0: rethink that um, right? i might need to rethink that
1: eh, we'll see uh i mean they could easily go on the road and beat cal but i just i kind of just feel like this would be a good spot for cal even coming off the bye week
0: i would say it's set up kind of nicely i think they set things up nicely for washington state too you know two bye weeks before two road games that's pretty yeah, good that's not bad um then uh, after at Cal, it's uh, Stanford. I have them beating Stanford. You have them losing, and then Oregon State. <coughs> yeah, yep, that's what it is. And then at Washington, uh, which we both have them losing. Yeah. So for Washington State, I have them at eight and four, five and four in conference, and you have them at seven and five, and one, two, three, four, five, four and five in conference. Wow. Okay. See, like, if, so if I did it
1: off the top of my head, I would have probably said like eight and four, but going through there, seven and five kind of makes sense. But it, you know, I've just just top of my head, I think I would have probably said eight and four for Washington State.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just it's tough to do when you're aggregating the whole thing. Um, all right, so our final standings are uh, for you. You had uh, for the South Utah, USC, UCLA, ASU, Arizona. UCLA, ASU, and Arizona all kind of clustered together, and then Colorado at the very bottom. Uh, in the north, you had Washington, then Stanford, then Oregon, then Cal, then Washington State, then Oregon State. So you have Washington State fifth. Wow! After the tiebreaker, that's... after the tiebreaker loss to California.
1: Man, that's rough.
0: And then, so my standings are: Utah went in the south. Uh, UCLA, USC, ASU, Colorado, and Arizona. Um, and then uh, in the north, I have Washington, Oregon, Washington State with the tiebreaker over Stanford and then Cal and then Oregon State.
1: Man. So big ones, me having Washington State finishing that low and Stanford finishing that high. You know, those could be way off. Um, I mean, there are, all these could be way off, but we'll see. But those are, you know, maybe not. they are a little out of my comfort zone looking at Stanford being that high and Washington State being that low.
0: All right. Who do you have winning the conference?
1: Uh, Washington,
0: I do as well. So we both have Washington. Then probably making the playoff. I've got them at twelve and one. You have them at thirteen and zero. Yeah,
1: think they think they make the playoff. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good. All right, and we that was long.
1: We got we got them a spreadsheet, (laughs) and uh, so we'll be able to keep track. It's just another thing we could talk trash about. Like you said, they were going to lose. I mean, there's going to be something that'd be so way off. It's like Colorado makes a run. Like oh, Colorado trying to get bowl eligible, and you're like what um oregon state you hope they do you hope but it's just it's hard to predict that right now yep yep yep, yep. before we jump into questions i want to tell you guys about mac weldon our mission at mac weldon is simple to make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient mac weldon is better than what you whatever you're wearing right now i'm wearing right now i know i love their stuff they believe in smart design premium fabrics, and simple shopping. I go to MacWeldon.com. Really easy to navigate and find exactly what you want. It's the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're ever going to wear. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they're going to still refund you. No questions asked. So I love the stuff. Ace and Radius sweatpants are the stuff I bought most recently. Check them out. Uh, I wear. I like to wear the Ace pants going to golf Uh, The Radius pants are more kind of traditional sweatpants. I'll wear them down to the beach if it's a little chilly before I play volleyball, but make sure you check out Ace and Radius. It's great. I love both of them. Uh, I wear them all the time now. It's great stuff. Uh, So make sure you check it out. Use promo code podcast of champions at checkout for 20% off your first order. It's promo code POC for podcast of champions, POC at MacWeldon.com. You will get 20% off your very first order. So make sure you check it out. Email me. Let you know, let me know at the Podcast of Champions what you think. Uh, I love Mac Weldon, and I think you will too. Uh, should we get into some questions?
0: Let's get into some
1: questions. We had a, a text, a couple texts. Uh, it says, Ryan and Dave, uh, for what it's worth in the washcloth slash rags debate, around here they are, quote, wash rags. Nonetheless, the more educated drop the R. And simply go with wash rags. Keep up the great off season work. Cheers from Tennessee. Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. I'm
0: guessing he's Appalachian, Northern Tennessee. Because the warsh thing is much very much like a Pittsburgh type yes
1: deal. when I was in Pittsburgh kid that we would say warsh and stuff um
0: yeah and that's Appalachia like you'll get some of that in like so it's probably Eastern
1: Tennessee so like probably like that's yeah a-
0: Eastern, Eastern maybe northern Tennessee too okay um but yeah definitely in the mountains mountain country that'd be my guess yeah on Taylor's location okay cool 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 um Mark doing some shit talking no <laughs> picks this week. Ryan, why are you blaming the intern? You know it was Dave who didn't do his homework. Love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Mark, I am the... So I don't do homework, right? But this is the one thing every year that I do better than Ryan. I yes. do more work to get this done than Ryan does. Yes. It's the one thing. Let me hang on to this, Mark.
1: Mark, yes. Come on. And I, I couldn't do it unless it was organized so we could like go back and look at it. So I tried to have the intern set up the... Uh, spreadsheets the way we wanted it wasn't exactly right so i kind of tweaked them dave did his own which was really cool um yeah but we we'll, we'll, we have it organized now we got all our picks in there so hope you enjoyed that it definitely went longer than i thought it would but um,
0: that took forever yeah. that took forever and it was i mean i'm just gonna say it Eh, maybe a little unlistenable for people we'll see i don't know Uh, let us know but maybe we look i like to self-edit during the podcast and eh,
1: hey you know what you know Uh, mark thanks for that what we're going to do is dave's going to put the results in our blog if he can figure out how to do that so unlikely (laughs) so that's if you want to if dave really did his homework you will see the results not every pick but the final standings of what our picks resulted in so i'll upload the the, i'll edit the episode upload and all that stuff and then dave can edit the post and add our picks in there so that seems fair
0: yeah that seems like a thing that'll happen yeah
1: <laughs> i mean i sent them a text yesterday like hey you want to do this or whatever you want to do the show tomorrow and you don't hear back for like hours and hours and then i have to send like another text like hello
0: are you there yeah. i know it's almost like we're in different time zones yeah
1: well i mean i sent you a text like in the morning it was like in the early afternoon for you or something uh, but then he's texted me like five in the morning here. So it was good. Um, all right. This-
0: <laughs> I like to do that with people who respond like that.
1: <laughs> uh, this is uh, from Justin, a few things from your most recent episode. And he I think he's thoroughly described them. So we're not like clueless of what's going on. So this is good. Uh, hey Ryan and Dave, uh, go UCLA Oh five from the bro board here. Just a non-sports related, uh, comment regarding some things you said in your most recent episode. See, people want to, like, hold us accountable of things we said, which we don't know what we're talking about. Um, Ever. One. Ryan, in the beginning of the show, you mentioned the plot hole in the movie Independence Day regarding the question of how could Jeff Goldblum, he could write a computer virus that would work with the aliens' computers. Well, this fact was actually not lost on the filmmakers. In the original version of the movie, there was a scene in which they tried to fix the issue by having the scientists from Area 51 explain that the computer programming languages used by humans were derived from the software that was used by the computers that were on the alien spacecraft that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Unfortunately, this scene was cut from the final version of the film that ended up in theaters, and the plot hole remained. The Uh, more you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that scene would have helped, but it was just one of those things that kind of... uh, sat weird with me like how the heck can you know we can't get a mac and a pc to talk but you can talk with alien computers uh dave you acknowledge that uh five out of seven was a theme in a couple of the emails that were sent into the show for anyone who isn't aware i was one of them by the way justin uh especially you dave and ryan the whole five out of seven thing is a reference to an internet meme in which a non-particularly intelligent man continuously made an ass of himself in facebook comments i've included the link to the images below, the content is a bit political, but still funny nonetheless. Uh, I did look at it; it is pretty funny. Did you have you seen this?
0: Yes, it is pretty. It's funny. like an
1: old man yelling at clouds, sort of guy. <laughs> yes, uh, but he essentially he says he likes some movie. I give it five out of seven, and everyone's like, "What?" And then he said, "I like it better than this other movie," and he gave that like a perfect score. So they're like, "In your world, five equals seven. So then he would say something like you know 15 or someone's like he said like happy birthday to a 17 year old like oh that person's 15 they kept equating and they would respond to this guy you know in his three and his uh in his um, threads and everything on facebook and he just kept getting more pissed off it was pretty funny so five out of seven i guess is from this internet meme some crazy guy on facebook uh, very cool. and then and finally during the discussion about incarceration rates and punishment
0: <laughs> on our football show right
1: <laughs> Dave mentioned that some countries have caps on how long prison prison sentences can be except under extraordinary circumstances. This is indeed correct. In Norway, for example, actual life sentences only exist within military courts. For the civilian courts, the longest you can be sentenced to is 21 years, but most people don't serve more than 14. And under special circumstances, that sentence could be extended indefinitely at five year at a time intervals. This was the sentence giving to uh, Anders Bevek, the terrorists who carried out the Norway attacks in 2011. Wow,
0: interesting. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. That must have been what I was thinking of Norway.
1: How the Norwegians uh, do it.
0: How they do. Hmm. How they do. We could learn a couple of things. Just a couple. Yeah, it's pretty cold there. Are... it is pretty cold there. Not as you know, it's a little a little frigid. Yeah. All right, and a lot of Norwegians there. You know,
1: there are a bunch. Yeah. There was a there was a. a, a, a I think it was a Netflix show called Lily Lilyhammer. Um, have you seen that one? It was like, they did three seasons that just died, but it was like a New York gangster played by the guy that was in uh, the East street band. He was in like the Sopranos and stuff. I forget his name. It, it was pretty good though. So he's like getting away from the heat and he was like, where do you want to move to? He's like, or get away from like, uh, you know, he like testified or something against other mafia guys. And he's like going to get sit, you know, put somewhere else by the FBI or whatever. And he had like seen the Olympics. He's like, Lilyhammer, that seems like a cool place." So that's where he goes, and uh, you know, tried to learn the language and the culture and stuff. And he starts opening a bar. It was—I I thought it was pretty good. And then it just—I I don't know if it ran out of money, but they just ended it after like the third season, second or third season, uh, without any really explanation. And it was kind of—it was kind of crappy. But
0: you're thinking of Stephen Van Zandt, Stephen he Van Zandt, yes. So- Silvio Dante in the in
1: Sprinters. the Sopranos, yeah. But I, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Him being like the tough guy over in Norway, um, it was neat.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, this is from a man, Rusty Fence. Ebert, male cheerleaders, and throwing bottles at your head. Howdy, boys. As you requested, I'll be downright proud to leave a voicemail next week so you can compare my voice to that Hitler for the day feller. But for this week, I'll go one step further and provide you with a pic of me so you have something to look at when you hear my voice. Uh, And he picks, you know, I mean... Like, the, he probably searched, like, redneck <laughs> or something, and he's got a couple of, you know, likely inbred folks here, so that's that's great. Um, yep, attached is a pic of me and one of my kinfolk, Elbert. I am the handsome one. Oh, so the, the subject line was actually Elbert. Oh. Uh, best I can reckon, we's second or third cousins, but truly it's kind of hard to figure it out with all the intermarrying in the family and such. Hey, most of us in our own, is our own aunt, aunt or uncle. <laughs> uh, speaking of highly interbred populations, what kind of feller is it that volunteers to be one of those male cheerleaders you see prancing around the sidelines? Um, I'm thinking these fellers are not quite right in the head. You know, the kind of guy that will sniff a bicycle seat when no one's looking. Everyone known one of them fellers? What makes them tick? Your pal on the range, Rusty. Uh, He says, P.S. David is right on a couple of fronts. First, I, quote, throw shade at Oregon and Washington State fans because I tend not to get along with the type of fans who throw bottles at your head when things don't go right for their team. Second, David is partially right considering the fan bases I identify with. I earned my two degrees at two of the five Pac-12 schools that are in close proximity to the Pacific Ocean and or its sounds and bays. While I am a true fan of all Pac-12 teams as opposed to the fan bases of those teams, my heart ultimately lies with the two schools I attended. Mm. All right.
1: So are you still thinking it's Hitler Day?
0: Yes. Really?
1: Okay. So, more of the doth protesting too much. Okay.
0: Yeah, kind of.
1: Okay. This is one of my favorite emails I've ever got. Okay. This is from Liquid Ute. Um, I love this. <laughs> Ryan's Utah Amnesia from Liquid Ute. Ryan, in the June 5th episode, you said you hadn't been to Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. You traveled to see USC at Utah last year. <laughs> please, see, <laughs> please see your embedded tweet below where you're fawning over the gooey halftime delights from the press box. And it's a picture of me, a tweet I took from October, sec, October 20th, 2018. Guess who was the first in line for homemade halftime goodies of the press box? Nice work, Utah media team at Rice Eccles Stadium. That was my tweet, me. <laughs> um, remember this was a game where Utah beat USC 41, 28, and you and your crew had to do an emergency podcast after the game. I don't know what's sadder that you don't remember your trip to Rice Eccles or that I remember that you don't remember liquid Ute. Um, that was my, this is awesome by the way. Uh, yes. I mean, that was my thing. I hadn't been there for a long time and I just had forgot that I, that I finally got over the hump and I got there and we talked about this like, Oh, this is my first trip to Utah. We had, like, parking was, like, right in front of the stadium, like, the best parking I've ever had. Um, the The treats and stuff were awesome. Uh, I had a great time at the game, but yes, last week I forgot that I had went to the game. So, just like I forgot that Washington and Ohio State played in the Rose Bowl, a game I was at uh, when we were talking about what matchups would you like to see. Like, oh, Washington-Ohio State would be really good. It's like, I went to that game four months ago. <laughs> remember that is that sad oh how God. sad is that
0: that is wow that is incredible stuff yeah i mean i'm prone to that sort of thing too but boy howdy
1: <laughs> when uh so our, our friend bruce feldman was uh, he does his uh, podcast the audible with with Stuart mandel and Stuart was in southern california so they they all got their kids together and Stuart was really looking forward to so bruce has Twins, uh, twin uh, children, a boy and a girl, Riley and Ben. And I get to play with them and stuff all the time. But Ben is really into football, remembering scores. He can, like the number stuff, he'll remember like what scores are from games from a few years ago. Like before, when he was like one year, like they would watch, he likes to watch games on YouTube. He'll know the colors. He's not great with the teams, but he'll remember like what the scores are and stuff. And Stu wanted to like test him out on things and ask him like the score of the the Rose Bowl, the Ohio State-Washington game, and he nailed it, which is, like, it was some weird score. It's, like, 40-something to 24. I don't know. It was something weird like that. But he, like, remembered the score of the game. So Bruce's 5-year-old son remembers the score of the Rose Bowl game. I didn't remember I was there, and it actually happened. So that's that's where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's thank so you, cool. Liquid Youth. That is amazeballs. uh Very,
0: very good. Yep. All right, this text message came in in so many different, like, broken up forms like it's I, I think this is all like i don't know 140 characters at a time and they all came in in like separate emails so i'm gonna try to, me to piece I this can, together i can
1: read it in the like go into the voice and read it if you want
0: uh, i can probably do the same thing if we're if we're gonna do that do you want to just do you want to read the other one while i'm pulling that up yeah
1: yeah i'll do that um let's see we are okay the last one this is from hithliday uh Entromotidio, entromotidio, E N T R O M E T I D O. Okay, so what's the deal with Narbon? I read the L.A. Times article, but can't figure out if there's an impact on recruiting. Uh, so pretty quick one from Day. Um Narbon High School is talking about uh, here in Southern California. There's a some sort of academic uh, scandal going on uh, with that. There's you know at least. You know, one player that USC signed, there's some questions about if he's going to be uh, eligible. I think there's some other players as well. I haven't dug into this a, a whole lot, uh, just knowing that the, you know, there was an LA Times article about it and a potential uh, academic scandal. Um, do you know much about this, Dave, or any thoughts on that?
0: None whatsoever. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: it, it's so, okay. The way we cover high school is probably different from anybody who's, like, interested in high school sports or, like, I don't know. I don't care. Um, It's mostly – we've talked about this in the past. It's all just the the kids themselves. Like, I I knew the the, when I was doing this, like, regularly out west, like, I knew the names of maybe, like, two coaches, maybe. But for the most part, you're just following kids around and you're, like, talking to, like, a bunch of 16- and 17-year-olds, which is weird. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh It's strange. It's a strange job. That's what we do. Um, but we're not. I mean, the inner the interworkings and in politics of like a local high school. Gerard's your man for that. You know yeah. what? Gerard's your man for that. He'll he'll know the the whole thing about this. Email Gerard. Yeah. Give give out Gerard's email publicly right now. Or just give tweet it, him. Give it to Heathley Just day. At Gmart yeah.
1: Live. Just tweet him and he'll uh Yeah. He'll,
0: explain he'll, he'll give nice. you the full scoop. Yeah. The full scoop. All right. Um, so I've got this full um, text message here ready. All right, this is from our man Choni nineteen. Uh, hey guys, thanks for sticking it through, even in the dog days of the off season. Sometimes I think I like the off-topic stuff you discuss more than football talk, like our criminal justice system. I will say this, Ryan, we got some positive feedback about our uh, digressions last We're, week.
1: Last week was a lot of digressions, and we didn't get anyone saying this is terrible or like people seem to like it.
0: Well, I mean, we did, we did beat, down, <laughs> we have beaten down the few people who do dissent. So yeah. anyway, um, not a question, but a request suggestion when you get to the team previews and invite the publishers from their respective teams in the past, I think some publishers have had rose colored glasses on when they do their previews. Example that cow guy a few years ago who predicted that they'd win 11 games or something. I saw Washington. Uh, yeah. Ryan Gorsey. our man, our man, Ryan yeah. Gorsey. um, I saw Washington's site does something where they get anonymous coaches, scouts to give their take on other teams in the conference. Could you randomly assign the publishers of each site a team in the Pac-12 they don't cover and anonymously ask them to give a quick objective take on the team from an outsider perspective? Doesn't mean do a lot of research on players and stuff, just a little insight on what they think based on their own knowledge and read it off on the day of that team's preview. Or maybe open it up to listeners on the podcast to give similar tales a takes a week before the expected preview. Would be cool to get a pulse on our favorite programs from outside perspectives. Thanks for entertaining all of our questions and requests. Keep up the great work. Choney19.
1: Yeah, those seem like awful ideas, Choney. Nice, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Uh I mean, so just a little how the sausage is made. I still don't have responses from everybody to talk about their own team as far as the top players. I've sent text emails to uh, Washington Oregon's in, finally. I still need Washington State, so... Uh, I sent Barry Bolton a couple of messages. Uh, I forget the guy's name that we had him come on for like the spring preview. I emailed him a couple of days ago. I haven't heard back. So I don't know what's going on. They're putting up content on the Kook fan site, but they are not responding to me. So I don't know what's going on. But to, just realistically, it's like, hey, let, let Chris Fetters, can you uh, give me a preview of Arizona football? Like, I just don't know what kind of response we're going to get. It, it would probably not be good.
0: Well, and I would also say, um Just speaking about my own level of expertise, and I do this show, but like my own level of expertise, it'd be kind of high level about any team out there. Like the the people who actually know the guts of it are going to be the people who cover it. Um, I think scouts can give you individual analysis of different guys. Um, But even that, I, I, I often think those are like those little snapshot things until you get into like NFL draft time and you get those anonymous scouts talking about the NFL draft prospects of specific guys. I think it's mostly what the coach is telling them because the amount you can glean from like a single practice or whatever that these scouts are going to is not actually that much. Um, so it's mostly based on whatever those coaches are telling them anyway, which you can get from the beat writers. Yeah. I mean, the beat writers for these respective teams are getting that same, you know, steady line of propaganda from the coaches. So, um, yeah, I don't know how useful and good it would be, to be honest. Um, I think you get most of it from um, the experts um, who are covering the team day to day. Yeah
1: uh but otherwise thanks uh well
0: yeah no Tony, it's a good idea keep them coming keep them coming um but i don't know if that one would necessarily provide the results that you'd like
1: and what was it what was the other part he said talk to the publishers or what was the uh i think it was get some ex oh. or maybe
0: open it up to the listeners to get right. similar takes a week before the pre yeah yeah what- yeah i mean that could be kind of fun if, if people are giving their hot takes on uh on on <laughs> on what teams are going to look yeah. like, but I feel like we would just get un- inundated from like um, those Washington fans from Hardcore Husky just like dumping on Oregon the week before Oregon. That's true. Like just like. just crapping all over them, and it'd be funny, but you know, is that really what we want? Maybe not. And maybe we do. Who knows? Yeah.
1: But cool. All right. Well, we got our picks done. Uh, hopefully, I hear from Washington State by next week, and we can do our like pac 12 preview uh, all-American team or whatever just basically the top five players in each uh, position or you know top whatever few players sometimes we don't even have five um but yeah I think that'll be interesting so we can kind of talk about individual players and stuff uh, next week I will reach out again and see what I can get from Washington State I don't know uh if not' we'll just, we might have to do research ourselves and try to figure out who's the best um I'll ask Bruce Bruce will know.
0: Yeah, let's have our research be you asking, Bruce. Because
1: <laughs> that's like all we got. So remember, check on the site because Dave's going to put the results of all of our picks up on the blog. Um,
0: yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, it literally would take like five seconds. You just copy from what you already yep. wrote down.
0: No, you're, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> it would take like five seconds.
1: <sighs> okay. Uh, I'm hoping he does it. I'll, I will send him a text uh, and, and see if he does. And if not, you can send him your hate mail next week. Um or love mail, whatever. But we do appreciate the Love uh, Mail. A lot love the, mail. We do appreciate the uh uh the reviews. We've been getting steady reviews every week, so that's good. And a lot of people are still listening in the off season. So I think it'll uh pick up uh, again once the season goes. But a lot of good questions, a lot of good feedback. Uh great stuff. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um again, I would say uh, you know, maybe a little unlistenable there in the middle of it. But you know what? We got through it, and that's the most important thing. The most important thing is that we're here, we're together, we're safe, and we got through it.
1: Yeah, we did it all. All right. Well, that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Podcast of Champions. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time.